0: to see you. What a wonderful day, beautiful day the Lord has given us, amen. Just uh, feel led to, uh, just uh, before I begin to share with you some thoughts, I have a lot of things I'd like to say to you today, but apparently you go home at 1 o'clock, or 1.30, So if I'm still speaking after 1.30, you can politely get up and leave. I'm probably having a senior's moment. A senior's moment is defined as you're still awake, you're breathing, but your brain has shut down. But I I do feel quite a burden to share with you some thoughts uh, on the word of the Lord, and I have... Uh, I've been asked to speak to you about our theme here, which is um, the house of compromise. And uh, the questions come across, or the thoughts come across, about how you're living today before God. And are you compromising your place as a Christian, your testimony? And the definition of compromise. Actually, the word compromise itself is not found in the Bible. But uh, when you look it up in English, the verb compromise means to accept standards that are lower than is desirable. This is the standard by which you shall live. How you think, how you act, how you speak, how you walk out your life in the earth is according to this standard. Can you say amen? Amen. You are not to live by the standards of this world. You are not to live by the, the philosophies, the values, the culture of the kingdom of darkness. The scripture actually defines to you the word Babylon. And when you see it in the Bible, it's referring to the world. It's referring to living, people who are living in this world, who are living under the influence of Satan. Their thinking, their attitudes, their lifestyle are all coming under the influence of darkness. But you are called to walk under the kingdom of God. You are called out of darkness to walk in the light. You are not to live as the world lives. You're not even to act like them or think like them or speak like them. You are representing the holy nation of God. Can you say amen? amen. And uh I just feel led to today to just share a scripture it It doesn't really have anything to necessarily to do with the message this morning, but I feel someone needs to hear this right now. And I just want to quote to you from Genesis chapter 28. And you know about Jacob, and he was going back to his home, his family, and uh, he was walking through the desert. And it's interesting that the Scripture implies is. He just made a decision as he's walking through the desert that he needs to go to sleep and rest. And he just stops where he's at, and he finds a smooth stone that's coming out of the ground a little bit enough to kind of give him like a pillow. And he lies down, and he falls asleep. And during his sleep, he has a vision. And in this vision... The window of heaven opens, and a ladder comes down from heaven touching earth, right where he is sleeping, right where he is in the dream, I guess, standing. And he sees the angels of God ascending and descending on this ladder, and he sees the Lord of heaven up there in the open gate, and he wakes up out of his dream. And this is what he says. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The only way that Jacob could understand that is that God had to reveal that to him right at the moment. I want you to understand that this is the house of God. This is the house of God. this is the house of God. the gate of heaven. the gate of heaven. I forgive you, Han. the gate of heaven. What does that mean? It means when you purposely get up in the morning and come to the house of God, you are presenting yourself under the gate of heaven. You are coming into the presence of Almighty God and you're acknowledging, Lord, every provision, every blessing, every promise in your word, every benefit that is in heaven is made available to me when I present myself in worship in your presence. It is the gate of heaven. Everything that God wants to give to you comes from the house of God and the gate of heaven. You neglect the house of God, you neglect, say it with me. Oh, come on, say it louder than that. The gate of heaven. Every time you resist the house of God, every time you do not come with a proper attitude, every time you approach God without gladness in your heart and joyfulness and faith and expectation, every time you come to the house of God and you're not walking in faith, you do not experience the gate of heaven. But when you come into the house of God, you come under the influence of God and His kingdom. You come to receive from the gate of heaven. And every single blessing, folks, listen to me. Every single miracle, provision, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that comes from God comes from the gate of heaven to the people of God, to the world. The world does not understand the benefit of the kingdom of God, the church, or the gate of heaven. But I assure you that nothing comes into this earth without first coming from the gate of heaven. And nothing goes out into the world except by the people of God. Therefore, you have a place. You have a function. You have a purpose. You have a destiny by God to be his representative when you leave the house of God. You are called not to live the way you want to live. You are called to live the way God ordains you to live in order to bring his kingdom to bear upon this earth. Can you say amen? amen. Now, that's not my message. That's just an introduction. So I want to share this word to you. So I looked up in the. I'm trying to understand the word compromise, and I believe that every one of us is building his or her house. Say to your neighbor, that's true. Every one of us are living our lives. We're building our homes, our future, our children's future, our grandchildren. We're demonstrating to them how to live and build their home. And the question is, are we building according to the promises of God, the foundation of God, or are we building it according to the influence of the kingdom of darkness? I believe God clearly shows you that a wise man builds his house according to the pattern of this book. If you want to learn how to raise children, you better read the book. Because if you're trying to raise your children without the book, you're going to have a difficult time. If you're trying to live your life without this book, you're not going to make it. You need this book. Say amen. amen. So turn to your neighbor and see who's carrying their book. How many of you have got the book? Good. I see that. Beautiful. Don't come to church without your book. That's like driving your car without your glasses. Bring your Bible, live in your Bible, build your life upon the Bible, and you will succeed. So when I looked up the word compromise in the Hebrew and the Greek, the closest thing I could find is the the word defile. And I believe that Satan's intention is our defilement. And I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 1. How many understand that Satan, you know, we we say, God's people, we have a purpose. God has a purpose. Say to your neighbor, God has a purpose for us. We understand that. But did you know that Satan has a purpose? He has a very clearly defined purpose for you. His purpose, if you are God's child, is to defile you. His purpose is to get you to come out of the house of God and the influence of the kingdom of God and to come over and draw yourself to live under the kingdom of darkness and function in the earth under the spirit of Babylon, the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of darkness. And the word defile, let me just give you this meaning. The word in the Hebrew and the Greek means to be un, to make unclean to profane to pollute to spoil to stain Satan's aim is to defile the saints of the most high He is our adversary and he comes out against us And he is opposing us, and his aim is to defile us so that we have no function. Are you listening to me? Satan wants to silence you. He wants to make you voiceless. Because if you speak on God's behalf, his kingdom is being destroyed. But if Satan can quickly defile you and cause you to withdraw, to pull back, to give up, to quit, to not come to the house of God, to not read your Bible, if he can do anything he can to disfigure you, cause you to be unclean, then you have no testimony. You have no faith. You have no courage to speak on God's behalf. Because you feel defiled. Satan is constantly speaking against you before God on himself. And before everything you're doing, he is watching and observing and speaking to you. And every time you do something wrong, he is speaking to you uh, in, in any way he can to influence you that you're unclean. That you have compromised your witness. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever told a white lie or a lie? How many of you have ever told a little lie? Oh, you don't have to wave your hand. I, I don't need to see that. But the fact is all of us have lied at some point. And so the enemy says, you know, you're getting ready to share your testimony and you just told a white lie to your boss and, and and the enemy says to you, you're a liar. You're a liar. You shouldn't be talking to anybody. You're just a liar. And in our mind, we're thinking, yes, I am a liar. And so we don't say anything because we're ashamed and we feel bad that we just said something that wasn't true. It's like, you know. I don't know how to say this, but any time you do something that you know is against the Word of God, it causes your conscience to be weakened. And when you're placed into a, a realm of influence for the kingdom of God, the enemy reminds you of your defilement. How many understand what I'm saying? He talks to you and tells you, hey... You can't share anything. You're not living right. Don't be telling those people how to live. You can't even live right yourself. And many times we'll admit it and we'll say to them, that's true. Instead of saying something the Word of God says. The Word of God says you are holy. Say it with me. I am holy. Tell your neighbor, you are holy. The Bible says that Christ is your righteousness. And he has brought you into right standing with God. Because of that, you are holy. And so you don't listen to what the enemy says, you listen to what God says. Amen? Amen. Now, this fact is that Babylon, or the kingdom of this world, has an influence over even God's people. He tries to influence them and when the king of babylon came to jerusalem and to the nation of israel and went to war against them and seized jerusalem and all the uh, all the sacred items in the in the temple of god and brought them back before the temple of his demonic gods he took all the righteous things of the earth and he brought them under the canopy of the dark kingdom and he was offering these sacred items to his demonic gods. And then the Bible says that the king wanted to gather up all the wisest, most handsome people in Jerusalem, people filled with knowledge and understanding, had great skills and were beautiful people, features wise. And he brought them under his influence through his eunuchs. And he said to his key eunuch, I want you to take these four lads. And Daniel was one of these young men and three others. And he says, I want you to prepare them for three years to serve me in my kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. And so the unit took the four boys and he changed their names. In fact, I think most Christians know their demonic name, more than they know their real name, the name God gave them. And so I just want you to see this. In your material here that I gave on the notes, the next overhead, Satan's aim is to defile the saints of the Most High. Now, the four spiritual men were named Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Did you know that was their names? But you would probably know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You probably know them, but those are demonic names. And let me give you an understanding of how Satan works. Satan wants to change your destiny, your purpose. He wants to change your nature. The children of Israel were given names according to the prophetic understanding of the parents of what that child will grow up to be. And what they see in the future, that child will accomplish for the kingdom of God. But Satan wants to transform your influence, and he wants you to come under his influence. And so they changed their names. Shadrach means the inspiration of the sun. They were sun worshipers. They had many false demons and gods under Babylon. And so they wanted Hananiah to to be a worshiper of the sun god. Michelle, they wanted Meshach, the servant of the goddess Venus, the most immoral, uh, ungodly, sexual image of darkness that Satan is trying to influence our world with. You know, God has created the purity of marriage with a husband and wife and the sacredness of their union. But the world wants to pollute, and then he wants to destroy that which God has created, and he wants you to become a worshipper of sexual sins and perversity and all these things. And so the eunuch wanted the name over this child of God. The Lord is a help was Azariah's name, but they called him Abednego, the servant of the shining fire, the 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 god, the idol of wicked. Uh, sacrifices and sacrificing of live people, of babies, of false worship, satanic, satanic worship. And so I want you to understand that Satan is trying to do everything he can to change the way you perceive the earth, the way you think about things, the way you speak, the way you live out your life. He does not want you to rise up in the kingdom of light. He wants you to dwell under the cultural influence of the kingdom of darkness. And he wants you to talk about the darkness. He wants you to speak about it. He wants you to live in a manner that is displeasing to God because he does not want you to live as a righteous, holy servant of God. And so when we see this, we see for three years they were to be trained. And the purpose of that training is that they might be an influence and speak the language. It's interesting. Now, think about this. Teach them the Chaldean language. That's what the king said. Teach these boys to talk just like we talk. Teach them to act just like we act. Don't bring God into the picture. Don't bring their God, Jehovah. We have our own gods. Let them live like these people over here. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to draw you to compromise your life so that instead of speaking for God, you're speaking for the enemy. And listen to me what I'm going to say Satan has a voice, Satan is a speaking spirit who has knowledge and understanding. And one thing Satan understands is the power of speech. In Revelation chapter 12, and I'll just turn there for just a moment. Revelation chapter 12, the Bible reveals to you something very interesting about how the enemy works. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been cast down. The enemy is roaming the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He is operating under deception under the influence of a culture that many Christians have come under that influence. In fact, there are many of God's people that have so compromised their lifestyle, they have no testimony in the kingdom of God. People are observing them, and they're not even sure they're Christians. I worked with a fellow at a store for almost two years who professed to me he was a Catholic, but he was the most unclean, foul individual that I have been around for many years always knocking me Ron's a pastor he'd tell the customer yeah be careful the holy man is here and then he would curse me he would do that for days and I would hear the voice of the enemy talking through him and I would know that man is not talking by his own natural self the demon is talking through him. And I finally began to realize, I better bind this thing up. And before I went to work, I would take authority over that unclean, filthy, filthy spirit. And I would bind that thing up and tell him to be quiet. And I'd go to work and he, he could hardly speak. And when he slipped out something, I would point my finger I'm going to say, I'm praying for you. That is not good. And I don't accept it. I would not allow him to unload on me the filthy things from the kingdom of darkness. Neither do you need to do that yourself. I began to realize that he is the accuser of the brethren. And Satan has a stream, I call it, of defiling speech that issues forth from the domain of the enemy against us. Every saint is continually under the accusation of the enemy where he attempts to uh, mislead us, confuse us, defile us, oppress us, move us into realms of uncleanness in order to limit our effectiveness and so his aim is to defile us but in second timothy chapter 3 the bible gives us a clarity that all scripture is given by the inspiration of god and it is profitable to us to understand it can you say amen it is important for you to lay the foundation of the Word of God in your life so that you will not compromise your witness. The enemy will do everything to cause you to come under his influence and do everything he can to defile you. Defilement comes out of the innermost being of a person. It comes out of our, out of our heart And it's spoken through our mind, through our mouth. And when we speak unclean things, we are increasing the strength of the kingdom of darkness. But God has called you to walk in the light. Can you say amen? And so I want you to see here, the book of Daniel is to instruct us in our present warfare against the Babylonian system in the earth. The power of the church is the weapon of resistance. Your influence, your speaking forth, your prayers, your ministry, your very presence, what you speak, you have an influence against the kingdom of darkness. When you go to work and they're talking unclean jokes and you're sitting there joining in with them and and laughing along with them, you're, you're promoting the kingdom of darkness. You are to be separate from unclean things. You are not to get involved with act, at, that activity. You are to live an example before God. You are representing the kingdom of God. You do not have to listen to that nonsense. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not my responsibility to enjoy your filthy joke. It's not my responsibility to be swayed by your ungodly thinking and speaking and living, telling me your ungodly things. I tell them I don't need that information. Don't tell me that. I'm not interested. They want to tell. How many of them know the world wants to tell you all the unclean things they can? Every time you're around them, they're speaking unclean things, and they want you to join them. Am I speaking the truth here, folks? Huh? Wave at me if I'm telling you the truth. We are living in a realm, in a day, in which the enemy is doing everything to cause us to be unclean, to compromise our life and our calling. But God has a cry. And in the scriptures, he has a cry. His heart cry is our holiness. In the next slide, it says, The Lord told Moses to the people of Israel, You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Say it with me. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. When you become a Christian, God expects a transformation of your life. You are being translated out of the kingdom of darkness. You cannot live under the Babylonian system and prosper in God. You cannot enjoy their music. You cannot enjoy their shows and their dirty movies and their dirty programs and expect the blessing, the gate of heaven, to be open over your life. You can't go to work and 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 joke with all the People that are unclean and dark and expect the gate of heaven to remain open over your life. You have to make a transformation. We are to be changing. We are to become more like Christ and less like the kingdom of darkness. You have come out of the kingdom of darkness, the Bible says, and you have been translated into the kingdom of light. What business do you have to dwell in that darkness? And what benefit do you gain by dwelling there? You're having a good time, are you? You're enjoying all the benefits, are you? Well, let me tell you, folks, when you come under the kingdom of God and you come into his house and you obey his word, the kingdom of God is is over you. And the gate of heaven is open over your life you want blessing, you want joy, you want peace, you want prosperity, you want provision, you want influence, you want to have a purpose for your life, get it from the gate of heaven. That's where it comes from. If you're over here in Babylon and think you're going to prosper, you're deceived. You're blinded by the enemy of your soul. There is no blessing under the kingdom of darkness. We know where every person who lives in that kingdom is going to go one day. And it's not where you belong. God did not create you to live in this earth and then go to that place. God created you to serve him and to honor him and to be holy before him and be his instrument of blessing and use your influence and your mouth to speak the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. And when you leave this earth, you're going to go to a blessed place. And we need to remember that. The power of Satan can only oppress us break us down his purpose is to destroy our influence but when you become god's servant you there is an expectation from the scriptures that you will turn from your old ways and repent and turn to god and walk towards god that is the expectation of the scriptures So if you become a Christian, but you're not changing, I would examine your salvation. If you're living your life, but you're not serving God fully, I don't even know if you're really saved. Because if you're really saved, you would come out of that darkness and walk in the light. And so we have to understand, why is this so important? The kingdom of God requires change and transformation because God is holy. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Just going to read this scripture for you here. I believe it's very important. And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind that he can accept, when you think of what he has done for you, is it too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Folks, I've, I've listened the last few weeks. I'm driving Uber at night. People from all over the world and they're telling me what they think of Calgary and the Stampede. They're all laughing and having a great time. But I don't know if that's what God wants them to be doing. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the Stampede. I'm just saying it's wrong to come under its influence. God expects there's something different about you. He expects that you're thinking differently, you're acting differently, and your speech is different. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. see, according to the Scriptures, we are a kingdom of priests unto God. And in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For you have been chosen by God himself. You are the priest of the king. You are holy and pure. Notice what God declares. God says you're a king. You're priests unto God. You are holy. You are pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If you become a Christian, people should know. You're a Christian. You know, I'm driving my car I've, and with these people from out of town, taking them down to the stampede, to the bars, to the cowboys. And they'll ask me, something different about you. What did you do in your career? Oh, I pastored. You're a pastor? Yeah. They're amazed. As if they haven't met a pastor before. It's just overwhelming to them. Well, how come you're driving for Uber? So I'm here to talk to you so I can pray for you. This one guy, he was cursing, swearing all the way down. And then he asked me, what did you do for a living? I pastored for 35 years. Oh, forgive me. Puts his hand over his mouth. (laughs) You have allowed me to swear? And I said, no problem. I forgive you. But you, you, you didn't say anything i 'm praying for you you 're praying for me? Yes, I am. God got you into my car so I could pray for you. they 're overwhelmed. I can sit there, I can hear what they 're saying, but i don 't have to enter into it i don 't have to live under its fluence, its influence, because I know where that 's coming from. When we become Christian. A Christian, it involves a process of confrontation and change. I want to give you a secret. Write this down. There is a scripture, a very unusual scripture in the Bible in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. Here's what it says. Listen carefully. The secret things belong to God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of the law. let's just go over this. According to the word of God, there are secret things that belong only to God, and you will never know them. But the things which have been revealed, these things belong to you and to your children and to your grandchildren. The revelation of the Word of God, everything in the Bible here that is being revealed belongs to you. Church, own it. Receive it. Accept it. Practice it. Walk it out. Live it. Speak it. It belongs to you. Say it with me. It belongs to me. And your children. Right, Lisa? They belong, and I see it in your children. They're getting it. And you have to be one who speaks the Word of God. So everything by revelation is given to you. And listen, write this down. Revelation is for function. Say it with me. Revelation is for function. Say it again. Revelation is for function. If you're asking God, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be acting, living, speaking, It is right here. And whatever God speaks to you, you accept it, embrace it, take it in, walk in it, and walk out in it. That is revelation. It is for you to function effectively. Now, why is that important? Why is Satan hates you so much? Here's the Scriptures. Here's the thought. The things that are revealed belong to us. And God tells us that we are a holy people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This fact has been revealed. It has been released out of the mystery of God and given unto us. It belongs to us, legitimately ours. Take it, flow in it, activate it, and move in it by faith. God calls us holy. And the reason why all this takes place why does Satan want you to compromise? Why does Satan want you to be defiled by the influence of the kingdom of this world? And there's only one reason to make you voiceless, to give you no tongue. If you are being tormented by the enemy because of your lifestyle, you are not using your voice to extend the kingdom of God. When you enjoy the things of this world, you are empowering this world, and you're empowering the demons and the devils that promote it by your lifestyle, by your speech, by your rotten attitude. Forgive me. Somebody needs to hear that. When you are living for God, you have a voice. You have an influence. You speak and things happen. But when you compromise and you walk under that influence of the enemy, you have no voice, church. You are speechless. You are voiceless. And that is what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is to try to destroy your life. And the only way in which you can be of great benefit to the kingdom of God is to walk holy before God. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Listen to me. Holiness does not mean that you're without sin, it doesn't mean you're perfect. The church is not perfect. You're here. Some of you are sleeping. The church is not perfect. You are here. But God says you are holy. And God declares that you're a kingdom of light. You're the kingdom, you're a son of the kingdom of God. You're a daughter of a righteous kingdom. And you have a voice to speak and expand that kingdom. But if you compromise your lifestyle, then you come under that influence of the darkness and your voice is taken away and you have no influence. That is why Satan attempts to defile you. Will you bow your head? I know that there are people here that, You needed to hear me talk about some of these things. There may be people here that have not yet totally surrendered their life to God. Yet the Lord has been drawing you by the power of his spirit even to come to church today. When your intention was to do other things. Because God wanted you to understand he wants you to walk with him. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to give up your will and let him take to give you his will and show you the plan for your life. He wants you to be an influence, a voice. He wants you to expand the kingdom of God and be an instrument of blessing. But if you're walking away from him, if you're resisting his leading, you're being influenced by the other kingdom. And you cannot help people. You cannot be available for God. And God wants you to live for him. He wants you to serve him. God wants you to enjoy all that he's provided for you by revelation of his word. He wants you to embrace all the promises that he has made for you. He wants you to understand that He died for you that you might walk in holiness. That He died on the cross that you might enjoy the forgiveness of your sins, receive the gift of eternal life, and be holy. God has a great plan and a great purpose. But if you compromise, that purpose goes into default. I want to pray for you today because maybe today you're going to make a decision to leave that darkness and that influence and come and serve the Lord. Maybe today you realize, God, you're speaking to me. You're talking to me about my own life. You're talking to me about coming out from under that influence and come to the light and dwell in your presence. You want me to live in your house. You want me to come under the gate of heaven that you might supply all the needs of my life, that I might be a blessing to those in the world.